Hey guys, and welcome to the Mental Health Check-In Podcast. This is your mental health bestie, Bree, and this is where we talk about where faith meets mental health. Our goal is to encourage your faith and inspire you on your mental health journey. Hello guys, and welcome to week five of the Mental Health Check-In Podcast. If you guys are here after... Well, technically, this is the fifth week. I just want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for um, just supporting what God has placed on my heart to share with you guys. And I'm going to be honest, you know, it isn't always easy sharing, you know, pieces of my heart with you guys. Because, I mean, again, you know, these are my personal experiences, personal revelations, um, just moments with God that I share. And... You know, so I don't take it lightly. I don't take it lightly that I'm here every week just, you know, sharing this stuff. This is where God wants me. And I mean, you know, I don't always want my business out here in the streets. But, you know, if sharing, you know, the things that has happened to me will bless someone and or stop someone from making the same mistakes that I've made, then, you know, I'm going to do it. Alright guys, so the title of this week's episode is Don't Let the Haters Win, you know? And I know that's a real basic, you know, title, but it's really true. So, our focus verse is Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything too heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So again, that is Matthew 11 verse 28. That is the message version. So let's talk about Valentine's Day. Now, I know Valentine's Day is still a couple months away, but it was very fitting for this episode. Now, I will be the first to admit that I've never had a Valentine that wasn't in the form of a girlfriend of mine or a family member. And I remember that, like, my spirits would be so high because of, like, the new year and all of, like, the resolutions and the new habits that I, you know, had planned for myself. But as soon as February rolled around, like, all that light that was in me would disappear and I would fall into a mini depression, you know? And I can just remember all the way back to elementary school and middle school. And, you know, remember back then in the day, you know, your parents would have the option to bring candy or gifts, you know, little cards for your entire class. Um, or you could do it for your select, few, your select few friends that you really cared about. Now, I would get the obligation gift. You know, I remember that feeling of not being enough started to take root in me at a very young age. Like, I remember, you know, sitting in class and being excited and, and ready for a gift. And, you know, like, I would just get, I would just get like the little obligation gift. And the obligation gift is the one, you know, that the teacher would get to you. Um, so it just, that feeling of, you know, not being good enough really started to take root, you know, in elementary school. Now, I am, you know, just going to dive into my experience as a dark-skinned 
black woman in society. Now, as a dark-skinned black woman in society, especially the black community, it was viewed like unlawful in a sense. And I know that sounds very dramatic, but you know, if you are dark-skinned, you know, or if you're black in a predominantly white environment or institution, you will know what I'm talking about. Now, imagine me, a little black girl, you know, cute, doing my thing, who has been this beautiful color uh, my entire life and got ridiculed for what seemed like every second of every day. Like, I, it was deemed a social norm to compare melanin to anything that you can think of under the sun. And I'm talking about, you know, back in the day when kids were just mean. Let me not say back in the day because I'm not that old. I'm 26, but kids are still mean. But melanin, the melanin movement didn't like just become a thing. It didn't become a thing until about 2015. I graduated high school from 2014. So from middle school, not even middle school, elementary school. So little second grade me, that was what elementary school was probably in like, I don't know, 2002. So from like 2002 to you know 2015 I you know was talked about for being dark-skinned so like and I know that it's rooted in slavery and systematic racism that you know this all stems from colorism you know is a form of racism that goes back to slavery I know that and you know I didn't know that as a child but I do know that as an adult so I can't and won't completely you know blame my community for something that just has been going on for centuries well not completely because you know what some people do need to be held accountable for their actions but you know what it just made me really sad for the little girl me who believed you know my inner child who believes those words that were spoken over me and honestly I don't think that I even had a chance to build self-esteem before or was torn down the sheds like I don't know at what age do us as people humans I'm talking about really start to like view their like view their self-worth you know like start to be uh, self-conscious I would say and I mean honestly now that I'm thinking about it it my niece is seven and you know she's starting to you know build some some self-consciousness about things and I be trying to tell my girl "Mm mm-mm you know, you're so pretty, pretty, you're so beautiful and pretty, that was pretty, <laughs> and it's smart and intelligent, you know, so I, I think around like six or seven is when, you know, we start to just not see ourselves, like, when we start to form an opinion of ourselves, I should say. So, our first question is, what is one bad word that was spoken over you in your life that you believe? Now, for me, I once believed that my beauty was equated to my skin color, and the only thing that made me desirable to others was my funny personality and my once beautiful long hair. I had to be the funny funny friend to get any recognition or even a second glance by guys. Now, this word, you know, this opinion has kind of stuck with me for many years to come. Now, this is something that I adapted to be my identity and it was very sad and you know honestly miserable like I'm not looking for a pity party y'all but I'm, I'm just keeping it real like it it wasn't a happy time in my life now you know I didn't always like to talk about this in great detail because you know it it was it's painful you know it was painful 
um, it is still painful. Like, you know, part parts of my heart hurts for, you know, the childhood me, you know, the my inner child. But, you know, I know that a day that is dedicated to love, such as, you know, Valentine's Day. And if you find yourself not having it, love, you know, I know that we can and do kind of just fall into a bit of a mold, um, a bit of a mood that just that that God doesn't want us to be in, you know, like because he loves us and he will and does surround us with people who loves us also, you know. Now, you know, let's fast forward to 11th grade in high school. You know, I decided that I didn't want to allow other people's words to have that much power over me. And at that time, it was really bad. Like, it became the image that I saw in the morning. And God knew the impact that it was having on me. And I cried out to him for some relief because that pattern was the same for many years. Which brings us to our second question. What are some patterns you adopted after the bad words were spoken over you? Now for me, I would wake up every day and stare into the mirror while pointing out everything that I wanted to change in myself. Change about myself. Like, I would point out, you know, the things that I wanted. So like, it could have been like body or skin color. And, and I used to journal about how, you know being dark skin affected my life and its impact on everything like I remember at one time there was this boy in high school and I'm not going to say any names because I don't know who would listen to my podcast but anyway it was this boy in high school and you know um, I knew he had a crush on me was very flirtatious blah 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 but whenever his friends were around you know and they would make jokes about his crush on me you know like saying like oh you like her or is that your girlfriend and he'd be like you know he would shut it down like completely but like shut it down and like also bring me down at the same time he'd be like ew don't play with me like that or no it ain't that we're just friends like as if I wasn't you know a girl with actual feelings and you know a self-esteem that you know I was trying to build and you know just like a heart and real feelings because you know if obviously like we we weren't dating but the disgust that would you know be in his voice when disclaiming that we were dating child y'all would have thought that I was somebody's um I don't know just like alien or just child just just somebody that just wasn't me you know that I was just this ridiculous girl and I mean at the time like I, I knew that like I knew I wasn't ugly like because I wasn't but I don't know you know like or at the time I didn't know because if you know being or looking the way that I looked and it wasn't within the beauty standard you know that was in a sense ugly and honestly at that time I was not allowing God to give me what I needed which was his word and his love to build me up I received you know love from my uh, parents and my family you know but to me they were obligated to feel that way because you know that's what family does or at least in my house so um I, you know, kind of thought that they were just like, you know, obligated to say like, oh, you're pretty, you're beautiful, blah, blah. Um, so it wasn't that there was a lack of it at home, which I know is somebody, some other people's um, issue in that case. You know, it wasn't a lack of it at home. It just was, I didn't really, you know, I just really didn't think that their opinion mattered much. Like I thought it was more out of like obligation, you know, like you're my family, like, you know, you're supposed to say that, but you know, child, don't they not? Because there are some very, uh, you know, hard um, feelings and hard and rough family members that, you know, kids 
and uh, people and adults they're just being brought down you know by their own family members so now I know better but I ain't know better at the time y'all um, but that is when I started being being intentional about needing being tired and needing rest from God so let's dive into the verse Matthew 11 says are you tired worn out burned out on religion come to me now this brings us to our third question when are you going to be sick and tired of being sick and tired so for me it took me on the verge of suicidal thoughts and a serious state of depression to finally be tired i was tired of waking up every day and feeling the same way i remember going to god one day and asking him to show me how to love myself the same way that his word says my focus verse was psalms 139 14 i'm fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of god and at the time i didn't know all the bible verses i still don't but that one stuck out to me like i would stare in the mirror and ask god to change my own opinion of myself over time other people's opinions of me you know became my own and I was just as bad as the people that were talking about me. I decided that my worth wasn't found in anybody else's opinion nor my own if it wasn't aligned with what and who God called me to be from the very beginning of time. So the verse continues on by saying, come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Like, this is what happened to me. I got in my word. I stopped fighting with my own strength and found rest in God's love and grace. God and I began to work together to repair my broken soul and spirit. He showed me what actually matters in life. How you treat others. The way you love on yourself. Ever since then, child, I I've just been living my life freely and very lightly and you know I'm not saying that everything has been perfect because it hasn't but I've been like right now I'm in the best state of happiness that I've ever been in my whole entire life the best state of confidence the best state of just loving myself and knowing who I am and who God called me to be you know like somebody can walk up to me in the street and be like oh girl I hate that outfit and I'm like oh you know like sorry that you don't think it's great but it doesn't actually matter like I don't care about other people's opinions um I don't because you know I mean honestly the only people opinions who matter is God and the people that he placed in my life like if he's trying to speak to them I mean speak to me through them now the verse says that you'll learn to live freely and lightly like it says learn for a reason it won't happen overnight it's a process and God has to teach you just like he taught me um, I don't look to others for validation or to identify me you know like it has taken me years years to get to this point I graduated from high school in 2014 that was eight years ago so it took <laughs> eight years of Diving deeper in my relationship with God, learning to love myself, learning what God's word says, learning the things I like, learning the things I hate, changing, you know, the own, the things within me that I had to change. You know, I had to do a lot of soul work and a lot of, you know, and a lot of just work, you know, in my personality because, you know, I became this bitter and hurt person who then turned around and started hurting other people because, you know, hurt people hurt people. And I mean, it's not an excuse, but it's 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 the truth you know like so yeah you know you'll learn to live freely and lightly 
and ask God to teach you how to, you know, because he can. Like once I just asked God, God, help me to love myself the way that you do. I was staring in the mirror every day. I did that through my 11th grade year in high school. I did it in 12th grade. And I, I believe I did it through my college years, you know. So I was speaking affirmations over my life, speaking the word of God over my life, even if I didn't believe it. So every day I wouldn't feel like getting in that mirror and talking and speaking life over myself. But I did. And I noticed a difference versus when I did do that and when I didn't do it. So I just want to, you know, express to you guys how strongly um, words of affirmation and speaking God's life over you is. So. God is the creator and only the creator can give his masterpieces identity. I encourage you that whatever your burden, opinion, or belief about yourself that you adapted or was spoken over to over you from others, you need to denounce that and just, you know, not by positive thinking, but by physical, mental, and spiritual work. It's hard work, but it can be absolutely done. Like, don't get me wrong. I love positive affirmations, but like some, you know, other times you you have to do you know the inner work taking care of you know your mental is one is one thing but you know going to therapy and you know going to the gym working you know working out eating the right foods like just doing the things that take care of your overall body that really all plays a part in your mental health so here are a few takeaways for this week opinions and beliefs of others will be spoken over you, but rather it is good or bad, the only ones that truly matter are the ones that align with who God already says you are. You have to learn God's heart to truly discover what yours should be a reflection of. You can go to God if slash when you're worn out and he will recover everything you have lost. All right, and here are some verses to hold on to and to remember. Psalms 139.14, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, dearly loved and precious in his sight. Before God knew you, he made you, and there is no one else like you. Ephesians 2.10, you are God's masterpiece. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. God created man in his own image and in the image of God. So, I pray that something in this mental health check-in episode really encourage you guys to, you know, deal with those things of your past that really hurt you. Because, you know, we just life be life is so bad and you know as we grow older and, and we just you know we pile on a lot more stuff a lot more trauma a lot of opinions a lot of um behaviors that just don't align with who god wants us to be but you know it's just sometimes people are like well that's just the way i am that's not just the way you are you are that way because somebody made you that way something that somebody said stuck with you and because we either didn't know how to deal with it or we still don't know how to deal with it that has became your um identity and you don't have to keep living in that like you don't you don't you know like you really don't there is so 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 much freedom and just like loving yourself and being confident and, and being confident like and that's confident in who god made you to be like i am just so in love with who i am as a person and i'm not even talking about physical things like yeah i look good and that's great but like i'm talking about my personality i'm talking about my heart posture i'm talking about just you know who who god created me to be like i'm i'm so in love with that version of brianna like girl she out here killing it okay 
but it doesn't mean that I don't have bad days because I do. You know, sometimes I may get triggered by something that somebody said. Some Who knows? Valentine's Day is coming up in a couple months and I might be in my feelings yet again another year. But I also have to remember that God is with me and he don't want me feeling that way. And even if I am feeling that way, he's going to be with me until I'm feeling better. Okay? So, I pray that, you know... That you guys were just encouraged, you know, because that, that, that's what I aim to do every week. It's just to inspire you and to encourage you and to let you know that you're not alone. You know, you're not alone in how you feel. I either felt that way or still feel that way to this day. Okay, so I'm going to pray us out. And yeah. Heavenly Father, as we pray today, God, we thank you for your word, God. We thank you just for the the Bible, the the book of life, God. The Bible where there are so many Bible verses that just encourage us, that tell us who we are and in, in our identity, God. Your word is just so amazing and so beautiful. And we just thank you for just providing us with that on earth, God. Like the Bible is just literally a guide on how to do life. So God, I pray that if anybody is struggling with um their identity, um, they're struggling with other people's opinions of, them, opinions of them, God. I pray that any past trauma and triggers that they are dealing with, God, I pray that you would just send them the right resources, God. You send them the right Bible verses. You send them the right friend. You send them the right medication if they need it. You send them the right therapist if that's, what, if that's where you're calling them to do or, you know, calling them to go, God. But we just thank you for your ability to always just be there for us and to give us what we need, God. I pray that you will open the mouths of everybody who's quiet, everybody who doesn't want to bother, you know, you who is our big God, you know, with something that's little. And I say little in quotations, God, because nothing is little to you. You care about all things. You care about if we got a headache. You care about if, you know, we fractured our toe. Like, you care about all things, God. So I pray that if anybody is scared to open their mouth and come to you about the things that bother them, the things that always bother them, God, Lord, I pray that you would just allow them to be bold, to be courageous, and to know that you care about that. Like, you really do. So, God, we just thank you for the transformation over their lives, God. We thank you for how you are just going to turn their situation around, God. And, Lord, we pray that you would just be with them through this work in progress because that's what it is. This healing journey is a work in progress. Um, and, it's you know, it's a beautiful uh, pro process. Most times it's a beautiful process. It can get messy. It can be lonely and uh, or it can feel lonely, God. But we are never alone because you are always with us. So, God, I just thank you for everything that you are and everything that you've always been. In Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen. All right, guys. So thank you guys for just being here again. Um, I really pray that, you know, a piece of my heart was just able to, to speak to a piece of yours. So I will see you guys next week on Wednesday at 6 o'clock. Bye.